0: Welcome back to the
1: Tech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion of the controversial topic of how marketers can use device location data. Joining us is Apu Kumar, who's the founder of Lada Data, which is a people intelligence, AI platform, and real-world movement graph for apps, cities, brands, and businesses. Prior to his current role leading Lada Data, Apu held both product management and business development roles at CNET, HP, and most recently, he was the SVP of a gaming company called GamePop. Yesterday, Apu told us about what device data marketers can access and some of the ways that it can be used. And today, we're going to go into a little bit more detail about those applications and what's really a fair use of device data. Here's our interview with Apu Kumar, the CEO of Lotta Data. Apu, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
2: So great to be here with you again, Ben. Thanks for having me.
1: It's good to reconnect. We covered a lot of ground yesterday We started off by talking about how the use of device location data is a hotly debated topic. Even Congress these days is talking about it with the CEO of Google. We touched on a little bit of the privacy concerns and some of the applications for how it works. And then we got into a little conversation about some ways that you can use device location. Specifically, I was saying you could target San Francisco 49er fans who only attend a certain number of games and you could start marketing to them the day before when you know they're at home thinking about what their plans are going to be for the next Sunday's game. You also mentioned that governments are using the data to understand the usage behaviors. So my takeaway from our last conversation is there are lots of different ways that device location data can be used. And I think the question for me is getting back into what are some of the boundaries that marketers need to know about to be able to get access to as much granular data about their prospects and customers without crossing the line and doing anything creepy. So help me find the balance there.
2: There have been many new regulations in the privacy space in Europe, now in California, and most likely in the US very soon and nationwide regulation that defines privacy in a new way and what marketers can and cannot do. If you look at the types of data collected from mobile apps today, there is an enormous amount of data exhaust that goes from our apps on our mobile phones into the cloud. And some of it may go back to the app developers. Some of that data may be shared with third parties. And that is where this starts to go downhill very quickly. Marketers have traditionally not been very good about letting their end users know that data is being collected. The reasons for collecting data the context for collecting data. Marketers have not been great at asking permission before collecting data. So there is this consent and notice problem that keeps coming up often in the privacy space. And then, of course, there is the actual reasons for collecting data and being explicit about what is going to be done with your, all this data that we are collecting about you and who is it going to be shared with. And I think this is exactly where these regulations, as we have seen with GDPR in the EU, And now with the California version of GDPR, which would be in effect next year, are going to come into play.
1: What's interesting to me is there's always the debate of asking for consent, explicitly saying the uses of data. And as a marketer, I'm thinking, okay, here's a pop-up or a button that somebody has to accept to give me access to what I want them to get access to. And in reality, they're not going to pay attention. They're going to keep clicking on the green button that I put in front of them. And then after the fact, people are going to say, well, I didn't know that I turned on my location device notification settings, right? That we talked about this with the congressman yesterday. Does Google have access if I go from the right side of the house to the left side of the house? Well, it depends if you turned on that setting or not. Most people aren't reading that. So how do marketers start to balance or are there tools that they can use to make sure that they are following all of the best practices? for data collection specifically as it comes to device location data and what do they do with the idea that when you're adding multiple prompts to do all of these confirmations and pass the regulatory bar that's going to affect your conversion rates for getting somebody to complete the desired behavior what are the best practices for remedying those concerns
2: i couldn't agree more in terms of the impact to conversions If you're going to ask the user to opt into sharing data, and then you're going to ask the user to give their permission to share specifically location data. And then at the time of actually collecting the location data, if there is yet another prompt, which is a just-in-time disclosure that the data is being collected, but then there is also a privacy policy prompt that says, well, we're going to now tell you all the different places or third parties who might get access to some or all of your data and why that might be done. It is going to definitely impact conversions. And that is the balance that we need to strike. In the EU, the GDPR is very strict about each and every point that I just highlighted. And most of those actions, if not all, have to be done upfront. When the mobile app is launched or a mobile app is installed, the app developer or the publisher needs to be very explicit about what data is being collected, why is it being collected, where is it gonna be shared, what is the end result of sharing such data, and can I, as an end user, also access my own data and then request for that data to be deleted. So the GDPR accounts for all of these scenarios and forces those scenarios in the EU. It looks like California is going the same way, but there is no federal law limiting or regulating the collection and use of location data thus far. But we're hearing rumblings that that is about to change as well. The impact to marketers is undeniable because we've operated all along in a world where we had a relatively easy access to data. But in a world where we are erring more on the side of privacy, we have to rethink how we message, when we message and collect data, and how do we use it in the most judicious way possible.
1: There's also the idea that marketers can purchase data or collect data from multiple different sources outside of through their own websites and applications. I think a lot of data fits into this scenario where if I am a marketer and I want to get access to location data to run a marketing campaign, I don't have to have an app with 10 million people all based in San Francisco to understand the general behavior of what's happening in San Francisco. I can work with you. So what are the rules for your data collection and how is that passed along and what are the repercussions for the end marketers?
2: Yes, there are data aggregators that collect data from end users, and then such data is made available to marketers. And a lot of data does benefit from data collected in using these methods. One of our requirements for any data that comes into our platform, into our cloud, is that the provider of the data has to have received consent from the end users and should have displayed adequate notice. So all of the requirements that I highlighted about GDPR we are making sure that our data suppliers are compliant with those requirements. And if that is found to not be the case, then we choose not to work with such data suppliers. What this also means is that when a supplier is collecting data from an end user in the first place, they would have to inform the end user that your data might be shared with a company called Lota Data. So that becomes part of the disclosure and notice to the end user. And then they would know where their data is going to end up eventually if it does flow all the way back to us.
1: Okay. So your data is being collected in a way that is all above board. You're checking with all of your data providers to make sure that they're providing all of the right checkboxes and the customer understands that their data is potentially being collected and passed along to an aggregator. And then you pass that data on to me. What are the rules for the use cases in which I can use your data? Because even though you collected your data under fair use, if you pass it to me and then I am looking at anonymized data and finding a way to figure out if people are at their home or not, that obviously raises some concerns. So for the end marketer who gets access to location data, a special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. What are the boundaries for the use cases there?
2: That's the most important question that I think even the existing and new regulations in EU do not address. So what is the actual valid use of such data? And how can you protect individuals when such data changes hands and gets shared across multiple third parties? It is possible to use such data to build specific retail behaviors. And we talked about this extensively in the previous podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, You may want to know people who visited Westfield malls in San Francisco. You may want to know people who have been to Chipotle and people who have been to Sushi Great use cases. But then if you want to know Ben Shapiro's complete journey over the past three weeks, all the places he's been to, the time he spent at the dentist, the time he spent at the dog park, now that starts to get very, very creepy.
1: Wait, how did you know I was at the dog park? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) For the record, I don't have a dog. I wasn't at the dog park.
2: (laughs) So that does start to get very creepy very quickly it is a violation of privacy if such deep profiles are built about consumers. And Europe has a long history with this, which is why they were the first to get to GDPR. They've seen all types of persecution based on location, based on behavioral traits. So I can understand why they were the first to rush to such type of regulation when it comes to mobile data.
1: Yeah, I think the interesting thing to me is Sure, there could potentially be bad actors, right? Someone could try to reverse engineer the data that a lot of data is collecting in a reasonable fashion to try to isolate what view-specific people are doing so they can go rob their houses or whatever bad thing they want to do. That's obviously always going to be a case, and bad actors are going to act bad, and there should be mechanisms to be able to understand when that's happening and try to catch them. I think my question is more, when you give me aggregate data... Can I use that to run a marketing campaign if I have access to the lot of data cloud? Can I run a campaign for people that are leaving Chipotle? How granular can I get? I obviously probably shouldn't be able to get down to the individual person. So how finely can you target your data usage?
2: The world that we currently operate in, and this is all digital mobile marketers, there is the possibility to target by an individual device. This is true of programmatic networks, DSPs, even networks like Facebook that let you upload, let's say, a custom segment or a custom audience based on the data that you have, and then target that audience. So, yes, and in the way things are currently designed, especially in the US, it is possible to target an individual device. Where I see this going though is as we get to truly anonymizing the data we would not be able to target an individual device. Instead, we would be targeting the restaurant locations where we know such individuals have been seen and might be at a specific time on a specific day. And that insight is something that could be shared and used for targeting, but not the actual devices.
1: That's interesting. People can basically get down to a very granular level and get very specific with their targeting, almost down to the individual person. Obviously, it's anonymized data, so you don't have that person's name, but you could target one person based on location. So what advice do you have for marketers who are trying to use location data and testing this out for the first time?
2: Well, really two pieces of feedback, rather. That I might have for anyone who's looking to location data or location intelligence for their marketing campaigns, for proximity campaigns. One is try not to use the raw location data or the device level, individual level data. You do not need to do that anymore. There is a great deal of sophistication with machine learning and AI that can be used to build behavioral cohorts. So you don't have to target an individual device all you need to know is the places where such devices might be in aggregate and what their affinities might be to other places or other brands. And then you could run some very sophisticated campaigns to message around those brands and places without individually targeting the device.
1: This is essentially, if someone has gone by Chipotle in the mission in the last 30 days, they are likely to be interested in Sushi Rito. So when they enter a one mile window around Sushi Rito, start targeting them as a cohort, not as an individual.
2: Exactly right. And the times and the days when such behavior has occurred could make it very useful to make this a predictive model and a fairly accurate one. Yeah. Sushi Rito after (laughs) 2am. So that's one piece of feedback. The other would be, Pay close attention to the quality of the data and the granularity of the data that is being collected in the first place. Because there's good data, there's great data. Take GPS as an example. If you were to use GPS signals, you tend to see an accuracy of anywhere between 5 meters to 25 meters. Sometimes it could be as bad as 50 meters. What that means is that the data point that you've just collected in your target customer is in a circle that could be as large as 25 meters in radius or even 50 meters in radius. Now, if you look at most places like large commercial retail places, Costco, Home Depot, Lowe's, tend to be 50 meters wide. If you look at Starbucks or McDonald's, they tend to be 10 meters wide. So what is the probability that your GPS data point with a 25-meter accuracy near a McDonald's location actually tells you anything about that person being in the store? So it's really a data point that's not very useful in the first place. So accuracy of data is critical for everything that happens downstream. And marketers tend to not pay attention to this technical aspect of data collection which in my opinion is critical for anything and everything that happens downstream from a targeting perspective. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to educate the ecosystem and make them aware of this and how data collection, good data collection should occur in the first place.
1: While we're on the topic of accuracy, you mentioned GPS has basically a football field's worth of variants, you know, where you're actually spotting someone's location Are there more accurate device location tracking methodologies? Is Wi-Fi more accurate than GPS? Or what are the other ways you can have more accurate data with location?
2: Wi-Fi is a good data source, especially if you have public Wi-Fi. A lot of cities are running public Wi-Fi in their downtown commercial districts. And knowing that people who are in those areas is always helpful. Wi-Fi tends to be accurate down to 10 meters You could also use Bluetooth beacons, which is what a lot of the upscale retail locations and malls are starting to implement in the US and also in Europe. We're also seeing seeing this happen through Asia, Asian shopping malls. So having beacons near retail shops and knowing when people are in close proximity to those locations because of their interactions with the beacons is a fairly accurate way to confirm presence and to confirm interaction.
1: Interesting. Any other tidbits or words of advice for people that are using location data?
2: I guess the other piece of feedback would be to try and ensure that the data providers, and there are many, that you work with are agnostic. So we often see situations where you approach a data provider for a specific behavior. People have been to the parks and playgrounds in Pasadena, and the data provider provides you with an audience segment for a proximity campaign, but they also tend to run their own media on their own network. And you often see situations where your data provider is grading their own homework, and that tends to be overall bad for the entire industry. So I think it's important to work with data providers who are neutral, who are pure play data intelligence and providers of data insights and nothing else.
1: It seems like just in general, with the landscape of device tracking and location data, It's controversial. People are a little concerned about privacy. And it's an area where there's lots of disaggregated data providers and you don't necessarily know the qualities. It's one of the reasons why a lot of data type service makes a ton of sense as an aggregator, because they're doing the legwork to making sure that the data is accurate and actionable But on the flip side for marketers, there's a ton of value about being able to target people based on their previous location data and their travel behaviors, and also what their current location is. So interesting topic. Apu, thank you for being a guest on our show and walking us through some of the trade-offs and value that we can get out of location data.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Apu Kumar, the CEO of Lotta Data, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Apu, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. Uh, You could tweet him at Apu underscore Kumar. That's A-P-U underscore K-U-M-A-R. Or you could visit his company website at lottadata.com, L-O-T-A-D-A-T-A dot com. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and the contact information for all of our guests. If you're a subscriber to the Martech podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we've created benjshap.com slash question where you can send us your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle's Ben J. Schapp, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn, Twitter, pretty much every social network. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we've got some great episodes lined up for you in the next couple of weeks. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy happy
0: thanks for listening to the martech podcast